Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Soul Beauty Chat podcast for another episode. Okay, so last week I tried to post the episode and apparently it was available, but you guys were unable to hear my sound. I'm not sure what happened, but I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out to me to let me know that the sound was not working because I was not aware. Um, But I thank you all for listening. And um, unfortunately, that episode was the kind where, you know, I just kind of share. I didn't have notes or talking points or anything like that. It was very in the moment. So I won't be like re-recording that because I honestly have no idea what I said. (laughs) Uh, But the topic that I want to talk about today is a little bit different for my podcast like this is this is typically something that I would probably take to my YouTube channel and have like a live conversation about but as I was scheduling the YouTube live I felt very strongly just in my spirit to just record it now like to not wait to not make it a a YouTube live to not do all of that but to just post it now so I'm doing that now Um, And what we're going to be talking about today is why I stopped listening to Travis Scott. We're going to be talking about this whole astro world fiasco and just the topic of dark energy altogether. So I'm sure by now, maybe, you know, or maybe everyone doesn't know, I don't want to assume, but um, most people have probably heard about the devastation that happened at the Astro World Festival, which headlined Travis Scott, who is a rapper slash, I'm just going to say he's an artist. I don't really know if we want to call that singing, but he's an artist who makes music, um, has been making music for quite some time. And, you know, he has a really large fan base. And um, at one point, I was a fan of his music. And um, I want to talk about not necessarily the specifics of the event because I don't want to get into all of that, but I more so want to talk about um, some of the things that have been revealed to me through watching about this story because I've been very just like unsettled about this from the day that it happened. Um, I just have had like this kind of like pit in my stomach, this like feeling in my stomach every time when I hear about it or read about it or think about it. And yesterday, for whatever reason, I decided to go down the YouTube rabbit hole of Travis Scott, Astroworld, conspiracy theory videos. And some of the things that I discovered was quite disturbing. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the conspiracies, but I am going to talk about um, I am going to talk about some of the things that I saw with my own eyes as I was watching bits and pieces of his performance. Um, And I'm also going to share some things that I think we should be mindful of and also my story around why I stopped listening to Travis Scott and just a lot of certain type of music in general. So this might be a longer episode. I am praying (laughs) that it records. Matter of fact, let me just, to be on the safe side, let me also record on my phone because uh, the I, the thought of that, not the thought of this not recording, knowing that it's going to be a long video breaks my heart. So I'm just going to have a backup. I'm going to start recording now on my phone. Okay. And all right. So to start, 
I want to share my intro to Travis Scott. So I remember in about, oh, was it 2014? It might have been 2014 or 2015 when I was introduced to Travis Scott's music. And I remember um, at the time I was dating someone who was very into, you know, um, I would say the underground type of music. So I was always kind of like learning about new music from this person. And um, they were a fan of Travis Scott. And um, prior to that, I wasn't really checking for him. You know, like I, I, I heard of him before, but I wasn't really like invested in his music. And I remember the first song that I listened to that made me a fan of him was a song called Drugs, You Should Try It, right? And I know that's a wild name, but the name of the song is literally called Drugs, You Should Try It. And I remember during that time, just the space that I was in with my faith, I did not have a relationship with God. I was very much lost um, in a purpose direction and a spirit direction, just, just lost and not sure of who I was as a person. And I remember when I heard this song, like I remember this as clear as day, the way it sound. And I haven't listened to the song in years because it's it's like a SoundCloud song. Like you probably can't even find it unless you go on SoundCloud or maybe YouTube. But like, I remember hearing this song and it was like, it almost felt like it was like hypnotic. Like I was like in a trance of just, listening to it over and over and over again on repeat. And for those of you who know, like about sound frequencies and, you know, the different frequencies that are used in music, um, a lot of artists has been have been known to put different types of frequencies into their music right now. A positive example of that would be someone like Janae Aiko, right? Like she uses like healing frequencies in some of her songs, like Trigger Protection Mantra, or um, there's a few other ones where if you listen, you can hear her playing like the crystal bowls and like you can hear these different healing sounds in the background. And some of these sounds, some of these frequencies are... Um, you can't hear them, right? Like it's not something that you can actually hear, but it's used in the music, right? Another example is Pharrell. Pharrell has spoken about this before where he's used different frequencies that can ignite happiness and joy in, in different songs, right? So you can look this up and see that these artists have spoken publicly about using these different sound frequencies frequencies in their music. Now, Tyra Scott has never spoken about this to my knowledge, but the way the music felt with the knowledge that I have now about sound and healing and, and all of these different things and energy, to me, that's what it felt like, right? It felt like this hypnotic trance, like, you know, I'm listening to the song on repeat. I'm not really sure what he's saying, because if you've listened to his music, it's very hard to kind of understand what he's actually saying. Um, but it's not a very you know, positive, uplifting, healing song, right? The name of the song is literally called Drugs, You Should Try It. So just for the sake of discussion, I'm going to look up the lyrics um, and read some of them with you all because I obviously can't play it right now. So this came off of his album or EP called Days Before Rodeo. And I want to say this was his first project, but I'm not 100% sure. 
So it starts, it says, I try it if it feels right. This feels nice. I've been down and lost for days. Glad I found you on the way. When the day gets better, the night gets nighter. I always feel this way. Through the hills, I hear you calling miles and miles away. Um, And then it continues. And I'm going to read the first verse. Um, We up all night from dawn to dusk is always popping. I fell in love, fell out of love. We both had options. I played the drums. She rolled the drugs. I rocked the club. We both throw up. We was the band you never had before. You got that tat above your crack, crack and on your cat. You be right back. Your mama never know. We rolling, 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 rolling stones. When I'm alone, I wish you had a clone. I take that puff. You take that puff. You know we never care to overdose. So that gives you a little bit of a gist of the song, right? Now, like I said, when I heard the song, I was listening to it over and over and over and over and over again. And I was already in not the best of spaces. So listening to a song like this, I just remember getting really into his music and I was personally in a very dark space. And I think like, I feel like a lot of his fans, you know, connect with his music in that way. If you guys have never seen it, there's actually, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. They might've taken it down now, but I remember earlier this year, I watched a Netflix documentary that was all about this man's concerts, right? It was all, all about the culture and the fans that love Travis Scott. And one thing that I was so disturbed by was the fact that number one, it was a bunch of like super young kids, mostly white. And, you know, they're like kind of like idolizing him, it felt like. And he was, he very much had this demeanor of like, when you come to his shows, you come there to rage right now. If you don't know what raging is, it's essentially just like a mosh pit. Right. And I've, been to a lot of music festivals, a lot of concerts with all different types of artists. And um, so I've witnessed, you know, raging in mosh pits before. And um, they are very scary. They are terrifying experiences because it's literally like, you know, people are in the crowd will form a circle and they will just start jumping and pushing and punching and swinging and kicking and people behind like if you're in the on the front rim of that circle people behind you will just start pushing people into the circle or trying to push past you to get into the circle so it's very dangerous you know it's a very dangerous thing to experience now of course i was in the astro world i've never been to an astro world i have been to a travis scott concert before and i will or a show and i will talk about that experience in just a minute but like just in general the whole raging culture and the whole um mosh pitting like that is the that is the dynamic of his his shows and there was literally this baffles me but there's a or was a whole documentary about this man on Netflix about this toxic environment at these shows and I'm like I remember watching it and feeling so unsettled and being like why is this a documentary on Netflix like why are we promoting this and this was months ago right this was months ago where I felt that unsettled feeling again about him right now fast forward to or rewind to um when I went to his show I wish I could remember where I was and who I was with. I don't know. I want to say it was with one of my friends. 
Um, I thought it was my friend Chess, but I texted her yesterday and asked her and she was like, no, I wasn't there with you. So maybe I was with somebody else. I don't know. But I remember it was definitely in New York and it was like in the summertime. And I remember Travis Scott was performing and he was not like the, the main act. He was not really like, he wasn't like this huge person that he is now. Right. So he, um, comes out on stage <laughs> and he starts performing and the crowd is kind of just like, okay, like, cool. Travis Scott is here. And mind you, let me also add a disclaimer and say that this audience was mostly older, not older, but like young adult black people. Right. So it wasn't his typical, it wasn't what his audience is right now. So he comes out, he starts rapping for maybe like a good 60 seconds and he stops and everybody's just looking and we're like, why is he stopping? He stops and he basically starts saying that we're not hyped enough. We're not loud enough. We're not, we don't have the energy. We're not, he didn't use the word raging. I don't believe, but he was basically saying like, y'all are not giving me the energy that I'm supposed to have right now. So he literally stopped and walked off stage. <laughs> This man stopped performing and walked off the stage and everybody was just like, uh, okay. And he came back out, but he was so angry. Like he literally was just like angry and like cursing and like, I need y'all my efforts to da -da -da -da, like basically turn up. Right. Like we wasn't turned up enough for him. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I remember thinking like, that's really strange that he would just stop performing and walk off stage and like really have an attitude because the audience is not giving him what he thinks we should be giving him, right? So that's pretty strange, right? And last night, as I'm watching these videos, I'm watching these videos on YouTube where people were talking about how this was a ritual and how, you know, he has his dark energy and all this stuff. And I, of course, I can't confirm or deny if this was a ritual. I don't know what it was, but what I will say from my personal experience of listening to his music, how his, how his music has impacted me, and also from the videos I've seen, the shows I've, the, the videos of his music, of his work, right? Like his art, his vision that he puts out into the world, his videos, in addition to, um, what I've seen in the videos I've been watching yesterday is it is very clear that this man's music is very dark, very dark. And there seems to be a lot of spiritual symbolism in his music. And from the sounds to the, the modification of his voice, to the images that he uses in his videos, um, the artwork that he uses for his album covers, like it all seems to have a very heavy, dark energy to it that always left me feeling unsettled. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but this is something that I've felt and noticed about his music for a while now, right? And yesterday when I was watching all these videos, I feel like the videos just kind of confirmed that uneasiness that I felt every time I would be exposed to something from this whole astral world, you know, um, world, I guess. Um, so, okay. So one of the things that I want to talk about specifically about the videos, because like I said, I'm not going to go into all the details of what happened at astral world. It's very, very sad. Like it is very sad and it breaks my heart. And, um, 
you know, if you've seen the stories or you you've heard about the victims who lost their lives, like all we can do honestly is pray for these families and pray for their healing and pray for the people who were there because I genuinely do believe like even the people who were there, like even the people who survived that chaos experienced some very dark trauma and some very spiritual stuff that they may still be carrying, you know, they may still be carrying. And one of the, so I'm going to share about two videos that I watched that really just amplified all of this for me, where I was like, you know what, I feel like I, I need to talk about this. So the first video I watched was, well, one of the videos I watched was where, so during the, the World show, he stopped performing three times in total because of the disturbances in the crowd. Now he never completely stopped the show, right? He never completely said, stop, we need to stop this and figure out what's going on. But he paused the show three times. So the first time he paused the show because he could see the people in the front, he saw a person in the front passing out, right? Now, again, if you've been to a music festival, Coachella, Governor's Ball, anything like that, I've gone to these festivals festivals before and I've been in the front and I know what that feels like when the performer comes out, everybody rushes forward and it's like you all get pushed forward like sardines and it's scary. And so naturally, if you're in the front between that barricade and all these people pushing behind you, it's very likely that people are going to pass out. Thank God I've never passed out before at a show, but I felt like I was going to pass out multiple times before at festivals, which is a big part of the reason why I stopped going. Like as I got older, I stopped going to these shows. Or if I did go, I never would be in the front. I would just kind of be like, All right, I'm just here. I don't need to be in the front to see the artists. Like, so anyway, so um, yeah, he sees someone passing out. He stops the show and he says, okay, he's like, this was so disturbing. Like this, this, I, I felt like I barely could sleep last night because of how disturbed I was by this. So he stops the show and he's like, hold on. We got somebody in the front that need help right here. This person needs help right here. Right. So it's like, he's very coherent. He seems very like alert and like he's, he got out of, you know, performance mode and he got into this person needs help. He's looking directly at this person. He's like, this person needs help. He's like, yeah, yeah, come on. We need to get somebody over here to get them some help. And as I guess the people are coming over now, the camera's on him the whole time. So we can't see what's happening in the audience. But as it, it seems as if people are coming over to get this person help and he's just holding the mic and he's just watching it. And a few moments pass and then he starts singing again. And he's, but he's staring directly at the same spot where that person is. And he just has this blank expression on his face. And he's just like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and over. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's about to start another song, but it's just like this transition period where he's not fully into the other song yet, because clearly there's still commotion going on, but he also isn't like fully present anymore. It was, you just have to look for that particular clip to see what I'm talking about if you're interested in watching it because it was just the most eerie thing to me to see this man go from like being in the real moment like present and alert to then kind of going into like this trance like state where he's just staring at this person that is passed out 
And he just starts singing again. And it's like the way he was saying it and what he was saying, it just all felt very heavy and very dark. And it made me feel very uncomfortable. And I was just like, so you're just going to continue the show? Even though you see this happening, you're just going to continue the show. And I understand people pass out at shows all the time, right? So maybe he didn't think it was a big deal, especially his shows. I'm sure people pass out all the time. So maybe he just didn't think it was like a huge deal, you know? Um, But what I did think was interesting was the next clip, right? So he continues performing and then again, he stops the show. And this time, I think he stops the show because there is, um, again, commotion and people are chanting, stop the show, stop the show. And now this is the clip that really did it for me because I saw a different clip that I hadn't seen the first time I watched the videos where he had two people from his team come up on stage to tell him what was going on. He literally was like, oh, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Like they two guys come up on stage two black guys that are on his team come up on stage literally seconds. They're trying to explain to him what's going on. Like they're talking to him and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget all that. Forget all that. And then tells the crowd to continue turning up. And I was just like, wait, so wait, so you stopped the show, told your guys to come up to tell you what was going on. And before they could even like really get into what was going on, he literally was like, yeah, forget all that. Forget all that. And I'm not exaggerating. You can go and look this up. This man literally told them, forget all that. And they were sitting there looking confused. And then they walked away. Okay. And then the third time he stops the show because there's an ambulance in the crowd. And there's people climbing up to the stand where the cameraman is saying, you need to stop the show. There's people dead in the audience. You need to stop the show. And the cameraman, you know, dismisses them. And Travis Scott keeps performing, right? So... Then I watched this video of a nurse who happened to be at the show who was in the front, how I was describing at the barricade. So she described that her and her boyfriend got there early and was like, oh, let's go wait for Travis Scott. They got in the front and they said as time was passing, it was getting tighter and tighter. Before the show even started, this girl was like, or this woman was like, I feel like I'm about to pass out to her partner. And she was correct. She passed out from the pressure against the barricade and he was able to get her out to security and move her to a, to like a different section. And she said she like woke up with like a water bottle on her lap and like a little like VIP section. And the security guard that had dropped her off had ran back to the audience to get more people who were passing out. And she said she had, you know, she happened to be an ICU nurse. So she's watching this happen. And she said, like, she sees them bringing people over who look dead. And she's like, you need to check this person's pulse. And he, they're like, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, is this person alive? I don't, I don't know. So she basically stepped into nurse mode and began to help these people, which is amazing. But she, the way she was describing it was just like, there was people just being pulled out of the audience left and right passed out where it was like people lined up and you know people getting CPR performed on them the stat the the medics not really seeming trained not knowing what they were doing just a lot right just a lot and like I didn't want to get into all the details of what I watched yesterday but here we are right but I say all of that to say that 
after watching those videos and listening to those stories from the people who were there and also my own personal experiences at festivals and at, you know, in spaces where mosh pitting and, and, and raging is a thing like it, there's a dark energy that really is in a lot of the music that we consume on a regular basis. And so often people will say, oh, we're over-spiritualizing this. It's not that deep. It's just music. I used to be one of those people, right? I used to be one of those people who felt that way. But what I'm realizing, what I'm realizing is that there's so much truth to that and that we cannot continue to turn a blind eye to this truth, right? We can't as believers, as we just cannot continue to say, oh, that's just too spiritual. That's too this, that's too that, right? And that brings me to the what, I, what I've been wanting to talk about for a while, actually. It's interesting that I've had this topic on my list of things to talk about for a while, and it's the importance of edifying your spirit, what that means and how you do it. And now more than ever, this seems so relevant. But Edifying the spirit, right, is a concept that, of course, comes from the Bible. And really what it boils down to is just being mindful of what you are consuming because it contributes so much to how we feel and how we show up in the world, right? So like I mentioned earlier, when I first came across Travis Scott, I was in a really dark space personally, and I'm listening to this really dark, druggy depressing music where he's talking about these different themes that are not edifying my spirit at all. They're probably just contributing to the heaviness that I was feeling, right? And I realized that the older I got and the closer to God I got, the more that I was disconnecting with his music and a lot of other music that is similar to that, right? Where it just didn't resonate anymore. Like certain things just don't resonate for me. And you know, some of those, some of those things and artists, like I'll share for the sake of this topic that like I used to be so into that I don't resonate with anymore for similar reasons. One is The Weeknd. I used to be a huge fan of The Weeknd back around that same period of time. <clears throat> and then the more I grew, the more I was like, yeah, this doesn't really feel good to listen to because again, it's druggy, it's dark, it's depressing. And I can appreciate the fact that like these people are very talented, but I can also realize that it's dark and it's somewhat demonic and that, <clears throat> not somewhat, it is demonic and that it's not for me. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not for me. Um, another person that I feel very disconnected from their music now that I used to really like Summer Walker. I won't go as far as say her music is demonic or that it has this um, dark energy to it, but it definitely is toxic. Like that's a fact. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, there's just, there's a bunch of artists that like I used to really be into that I just, I just don't anymore. I just choose not to. So when it comes to edifying the spirit, what I will say is that it is a process, right? So um, back in like 2006, I think, 16, sorry, <clears throat> my throat 
it's so interesting that this is the topic I'm talking about. And now all of a sudden my throat wants to start. <laughs> Let me have a sip of tea. Give me one moment. All right. So I'm back. <laughs> all right. So edifying the spirit. Let's talk about that. So back in 2016, I believe, I became very religious, I would say. I had gotten to the point in my faith where I was kind of tired of teetering the fence. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fully commit to this thing. I'm going to delete all my beauty videos off YouTube. And I'm only going to talk about God, right? It was very like... (laughs) very like dramatic. (laughs) I can be very dramatic sometimes when it comes to things, but it was very dramatic. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this all the way. And, you know, looking back at it, I think it served a purpose, but I also can see that I didn't stick to a lot of those things that I started because it was coming from a place of wanting to be perfect and not necessarily because of how I felt about my relationship with God. It was really coming from If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to do it perfectly, which if you know anything about a relationship with God, it's not going to be perfect, right? And I think although my intentions were seemingly coming from a good place, in hindsight, I can see that it was coming from um, the concern of how people would see me. So I remember during that period, and maybe you remember too, if you've been following me, I remember I deleted all of my videos that were not related to faith. Um, I I was like, I'm not listening to any secular music. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Like I just tried to like cut out everything cold turkey and it did not last. (laughs) It did not last. I found myself feeling frustrated. I found myself feeling like um, irritated with other people who just seemed to be just doing whatever they wanted to do. I felt very just like resentful. That's the word. I felt very resentful about my journey and I wasn't really focused on the things that mattered. Um, Instead, I was focused on what I was not able to do anymore and how just upsetting that was to me, right? And something that I learned through that experience is that when it comes to edifying the spirit, which means watching what you listen to, being being mindful of what you're listening to and what you're watching, being mindful of the conversations you're having, and just like being intentional about your spirit on a daily basis, right? Like being intentional about how you're starting your day, being intentional about who you're spending your days with, right? And all of those things take time, right? Like if you're deciding that you're going to give up something that you feel attached to or something that has um, really had like a hold on you, I'm not saying it's wrong to give it up cold turkey, but if your intentions are not in the right place, it's very unlikely that you're going to stick to that thing, right? So when it comes to edifying the spirit, the way I look at it now is as a progress, as, as a process, excuse me, is not something that I personally just wake up one day and say, I'm going to stop doing this thing. It's like, no, I know that this is something that I feel convicted about. It's something that I feel a conviction in my spirit every time that I engage in this thing, right? And if that is something that 
I feel this call to let go of, I pray, right? And I ask for strength and I ask for clarity and I ask for even like, if I feel like the thing is social media, I'm like, God, reveal to me ways that I can still do the things that I need to do and not be so consumed with this social media or not be so consumed with this music or not be whatever it is, whatever the thing is that I'm attached to, right? But I think having the mindset of cutting it out cold turkey without a true foundation of why you're doing it can just really can can lead to a lot of resentment and can lead lead to you turning right back to the thing that you are trying to walk away from. So I share all of this to say that um, if you don't take anything else from this podcast, I encourage you to just do an inventory check of what you are consuming. Do an inventory check of what you are participating in and really ask God to reveal to you and maybe maybe you already know those things, but ask God to reveal to you what activities, behaviors, media um, am I participating in or consuming that is opening up my spirit to energy that is not of you? right? In a way that you can know what these things are is after you do something, whatever that something is, after you do something, you listen to something, you talk to somebody, you engage in an activity, you you indulge in something, after you do it, just sit in silence for a little while and just say, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? Like, how did that make me feel? And the thing about having a true relationship with God is that God will convict us because conviction leads to us making a change, right? It leads to us making a change. And if you, you have that relationship with God and it doesn't have to be all elaborate, right? I'm not saying you have to be someone that's like super spiritual and all these things. No, but if you if you have a, a presence of God in your life, like you know who God is in your life and you want to do your best to live in accordance to those things, ask God to convict you the next time you're doing something that is not aligned. And he will. And then it's our responsibility from there to ask for strength, to change those things, to ask for guidance and to ask for support and to ask for um, ways that we can cultivate that energy into something else, something that is aligned. So I hope that this encourages you. I hope that you consider the things that you're consuming And this episode is definitely not to judge anyone or to make anyone feel bad for, you know, if you still are, if you listen to Travis Scott, if you're a fan of Travis Scott or any of the other artists that I mentioned, this is not to judge anyone, to make anyone feel bad, to come across as super critical of anybody, because 
I'm still growing too, you know, like, although I've decided Travis Scott is not someone that I want to listen to at all, I still have different things that I'm working through as well. Like, as I've always mentioned, and I always try to be very transparent about, I am not the be all end all role model guide. I am just a person sharing my experience, sharing the things that I'm learning and hoping that it inspires you in some way. So know that this is not coming from that place. And instead, I hope that it's coming from a place of, of encouraging us all, including myself, to reflect on the things that we are allowing into our spirit and to make choices that align with our truth. So that's all I have for you today. I know this was a longer episode. If you made it to the end, thank you so, so much for listening. And head over to my Instagram and let me know, how do you feel about this topic? Um, When I post this episode, you can check my stories and you will see that I have a um, sticker where you can share your thoughts. And maybe I'll do a feed post as well. So if you're listening to this in the future, you can also still share your thoughts. But I would love to know what you all think about this topic. Um, it's interesting because even as I'm talking about it, I feel like a heaviness, like literally like my shoulders feel heavy all of a sudden, my body feels heavy. That's no surprise because that's what happens when you're light and, and you're talking about darkness. So I'm really not surprised. So I'm going to go clear my energy and, um, record another episode. So thank you all so much for listening and I will see you, talk to you very soon. Bye. Before we get any further into this episode, I want to share with you a resource that I've been using called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you are seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, Faithful Counseling may be a great option for you. I'm going to share a few details about this app in case you're interested in checking it out. One of the best things is that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line and is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online with real therapists. One of the best things also is that there is a broad range of expertise and faithful counseling's counselors network, which may not be locally available in some areas. However, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need assistance. Faithful Counseling wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials that are posted daily, or you can listen to my personal review that I shared a few years ago, I think, maybe like a year or so ago, um, before this collaboration came about, and you can learn about my personal experience. If you're interested in signing up and joining over half a million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of a professional, uh, use my link 
getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. Again, if you're interested in taking charge of your mental health, use my link getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. By using my link, you will get 10% off your first month of sessions. And again, that's getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. Back to the episode.